This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. It's going to be a busy hour. Ben Wallace, with Pretty Patel next to him on his right, was in an unguarded mood as he spoke to military personnel at the Horse Guards building in Westminster. The Defence Secretary, a former Scots Guard soldier himself, seemed comfortable to talk off the cuff with officers, reminding him of his own regiment's historic conflicts with Russia. So the Scots Guards kicked the backside of Tsar Nicholas I we can always do it again. Mr Wallace's summary of Putin now, quite simply. Gone full tonto. <laughs> the Home Secretary appeared to shrug an agreement with her fellow minister. The UK is sending more weapons to Ukraine in response to the looming threat of a full-scale invasion by Russia. But so far, no NATO country is committing a strong military response. There may be another battleground, though. Russia has a fierce cyber attack force, and there are known to be several hacking groups working in the country like Cozy Bear, which US spies believe tried to steal data on the development of the COVID vaccine in 2020. GCHQ's warning UK companies and organisations to bolster their defences. The US has warned of threats to banks, power plants, even water treatment facilities. Dr Tim Stevens is a cybersecurity expert from the Department of War Studies at King's College London. Dr. Stevens, how worried should we be about an escalating cyber conflict with Russia? At present, it would be a significant escalation of Russian activities were Russia or other groups acting on behalf of Russia attempt to launch uh, what we might call cyber attacks against UK assets. At present, there's no signs of that. But you have to understand that were Russia to do this, in any significant way that caused you know, major effects against UK society and economy, it would be treated, as it were, as an act of force and may attract some significant repercussions for the Russian state. Just how sophisticated is Russia at cyber attacks? Russia is very good. It's what we would call a tier two cyber power. Tier one is the United States. Tier two are countries like Russia, China, the UK and others. And Russia has proven itself to be quite effective in causing disruption, uh, and damage through cyber means, and of course, of using computer networks, the global internet, and so on, as a means of gathering intelligence on its adversaries. And we can expect Russia to continue some of those activities throughout this conflict. And what exactly could be vulnerable, potentially? 
Um, all computer systems and networks are vulnerable to a certain extent because it's impossible to, to design 100% secure ones at present. If we accept, and I, I suggest we be very cautious about this, if we accept that there is a possibility that Russia would escalate through cyber means, the number of targets is quite uh, quite a large one. There's a, a range, for example, of critical national infrastructure in the UK as there is in any other high-tech economy, food, water, energy, transport, civil, nuclear, communications, government, and so on, any of which could hypothetically and I stress that, be the target of Russian aggression. But I do think we, we need to be quite cautious about this. Are there dangers of a sort of spillover from attacks on Ukraine? It is possible that attacks on Ukrainian networks could spill over into European networks, including the UK, and much wider afield, in fact. And we have seen this in the past. A few years ago, a nasty little piece of malicious software called NotPetya, um, which was targeted at, at Ukrainian systems did in fact extend way beyond Ukrainian borders and cause a significant amount of disruption outside them. It also, interestingly, and I think this is something to consider, it also uh, there was a certain amount of blowback on Russian systems as well. So this is one of the, the difficulties of, of predicting what will happen in this environment is that sometimes there are unexpected effects, which may actually affect the attacker as much as the attacked. What security measures have we got in place to protect us from things like this? The UK is relatively well placed in terms of cyber defence. Part of that, of course, is awareness around uh, issues of cyber insecurity. There's also a lot of, uh, been a lot of hard work over a long period of time of improving organisational cyber security in the public and the private sectors. We have a, a body, for example, in the National Cyber Security Centre whose job it is to kind of think through how the public and private sectors might best protect themselves. We have an awful lot of capacity in the intelligence services and, of course, in the military. We also have an offensive capability through the National Cyber Force, which, you know, worst case scenario is that they would be seeking to retaliate in various ways for Russian aggression. But we are a long way from that at the moment. Can cyber warfare be used to achieve strategic objectives sometimes? This is one of the biggest questions in commentary and analysis of cyber warfare, and the term itself is disputed. But what we have, what we think is the case is that it's relatively difficult to achieve strategic goals through the use of cyber means alone. If you think of the targets of cyber warfare, their computer networks and systems, their data, they don't tend to be bodies which can be affected through things like bombs and guns and aircraft and so on, which have a you know an obvious coercive aspect. It seems to be much more difficult to achieve what you want through cyber means alone. So cyber warfare, yes, it can have a standalone, it can be a standalone capability, but it's much more likely to be used in conjunction with other elements of national power. My my general sense is that we're playing something of a waiting game at the moment. We don't know Russian intentions in any detail, although we can discern uh, quite a lot from the actions that President Putin is overseeing. There is one wild card which is that it's not just states that undertake these types of operations, state proxies, so groups that align themselves with the national ambitions of a particular country might become involved in this conflict. And I'm sure they're already involved in some minor way. For example, in 2007, the famous case of Estonia wasn't necessarily the Russian state that um, was launching cyber attacks against Estonia, which, which crippled some of their networks for a couple of weeks. It was actually people acting on behalf, as it were, of the Russian state who aligned themselves with Russian political objectives and took it upon themselves to conduct certain forms of operation. And in that sense, whilst that might be condoned 
by Russia. They won't be controlled by Russia as such, which creates an arm's length relationship between the types of things that might happen in our networks and the Russian government itself. And of course, Russia also has a very kind of permissive attitude, should we say, to cyber criminals within its borders. And some of them might become engaged in uh, cyber operations as well. that's it from the leader this podcast is back tomorrow at 4 p.m hi i'm lawrence delalio host of the evening standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with qbe business insurance The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.